A very good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us in our Sunday worship service. We thank the Lord for this opportunity. Even though we cannot gather together, we still have an opportunity to study God's Word and dig deep together in our different homes and places. Since last week, if you've been following our Bible reading, we've been reading the book of Romans. And this week, we are reading a few of that chapter also. Last Sunday, we have looked upon a topic that's important for all Christians to understand that is justification and that by faith we've been justified in Christ and because of this our relenting guilt and struggle of self-effort are replaced with peace and joy in knowing that by faith we have been justified in Christ it means we are saved not by our own work but the work of God in our life and last Sunday, uh, as I summarized the ser ser sermon, I presented a, a graph for us to see the picture of what's happening and what the Lord is doing in our life. And I want to present it to us today to give us an eye um, background and at the same time help us to move to the next topic. I showed this, um, this graph and it revealed to us that all men have fall short and all have sin and we are dead in sin and because of that um, we can never reach the righteousness of god but out of god's mercy he gave god's law and the purpose of this law remember the law the scripture said the law is good the giver of the law is good his purpose is to give us this law so that we can live a righteous life however the law also exposes our limitation exposes our sin that we can we are not able and we are incapable of reaching the standard of God and out of God's mercy and grace God sent his son to die to redeem and to reconcile us back again and we respond in faith in receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior by repenting of our sin knowing that that we can never reach his standard knowing that we are all sinner and we need a savior so respond in faith and during the time of conversion during the time of regeneration we are also being justified there's a change of position justification means that we stand before god uh, declared righteous that our guilt is no longer with us that we are standing before God righteous because the imputed righteousness of Christ is upon us. But being justified is one thing. We also need to know that we all have a responsibility being a people that have been redeemed, being God's children. We have a responsibility to pursue a life that pleases our Lord. Again, I would like to emphasize it's not our work that we are safe, but simply that because we are safe, respond on living a life that would please the Lord. Today we will look at another topic that's important that is sanctification which is in this part in the graph. The process of growth of becoming more like Christ. And I've entitled this sermon The Path of Sanctification and be reading from Romans 6, 7, and 8 but I'll just pick a few verses so that we can um, start our sh sharing. Let's read Romans chapter 6, verse 11 to 14. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments 
for righteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments of, for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. But thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. Romans 7, 5-6 For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions arose by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit of death. But now we are released from the law, having died to what which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you once again that we are gathered this afternoon to study your word. We open our hearts to you, Lord God. In different homes, Lord, we know that your presence is with us. So we ask, Lord, that you illuminate your word in our hearts, in our mind. Make it so clear and that we may understand it clearly. I pray, Lord, in our desire, Lord, is to grow more mature, to be more like you. So make this topic, this sermon so simple to understand so that we may live a life for you. Salamat po, Panginoon. We lift your name up high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, it is clear in these verses that there is a call for us to live a certain life. A life that will pursue holiness and righteousness. A life that has been set apart. A life of sanctification. But let us first define what is sanctification. In the, the gospelcoalition.org, this how sanctification were defined. It says here, sanctification is the continual process of being made holy. It is a progressive conformity to the one who has been justified into the image of the Savior to the work of the Holy Spirit. Three things that I would like to point in this definition. It says it here is that it's a continual process. It's a process in which Christians grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. It's a, it's a process of becoming more like Him, to be more holy. The Bible says, Be holy for I am holy. God says that is our standard is Him, to be more like Him. So it's a continual process. It's not a one-time thing, but it's a continual process as we walk in this faith. And here, second point is to progressively conform to our, to our Savior, to Jesus Christ. Our aim is to die into sin, into, into ourselves, so that we be conformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be more like Him. Now, our direction, our aim is to be more like Him. Uh, being set apart, being holy, into being righteous, our aim to be more like Him, not to be like me, not to be like someone else, not to be like, like, like someone or preacher that we, we are so um, adore, but our aim is to be more like Jesus Christ. And third point that I would like to highlight here is this, in the work of the Holy Spirit. Because we can never do it alone, but we need God to intervene in our life if we desire to grow in sanctification. You know, while we are still here in the flesh, there are areas in our life that need to be changed to be more like Christ. You see, Christ showed humility, 
but we are so much proud we are so proud in ourselves Christ showed patient Christ showed Lord suffering but we are not patient enough we don't we, 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 we get angry so fast God showed us how to serve but we want to be served there are so many things that need to be changed in our life and that's sanctification JC Ryle said sanctification is the outcome and inseparable consequence of regeneration he who is born again and made a new creature receive a new nature and a new principle and always lives a new life it means that when once we are born again it is part of our life because we are a new creature a new nature we have new principle to grow more like Christ therefore sanctification is not an option but a necessity for all believers it's required for us to go through however if you've been um, mingling around with different friends or Christian uh, I believe some have this kind of misconception they would say to us well brother well or pastor well you know I'm already saved I'm already perfected I'm already perfected in my in God's sight therefore why should I repent why should I change my way well I'm already okay in God in the sight of the Lord you know, when, when I would listen to that argument, I, I think there, there is a confusion in them, the distinction between justification and sanctification. And to avoid this confusion, let me compare these two, the justification and sanctification. Look here. See, justification, and we are declared righteous before God because of the imputed righteousness of Christ in us. It's an instantaneous thing that happened when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. While sanctification is being made righteous, it's a day-by-day -day thing. It's a lifelong pursuit while we are here until Jesus comes. There is a pursuit of becoming more like Him. And also it's a, it's a pursuit, it's imparted righteousness as we practice, as we live our life before God. If you read in Paul's writing, even Paul, an elite disciple, an apostle of Jesus Christ, recognized his imperfection and he was honest enough to show that he was struggling and still under progress. Paul said in Romans 7 verse 18-19, I'll read Romans 7 verse 18-19, he said, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. It means there's nothing good in him. For I have the desire to do what's right. Yes, he have a desire but not the ability to carry it out for i do not do the good i want but the evil i do not want is what i keep doing so paul is saying yeah there's nothing good dwell in me the things that's good i don't do the things that that's not good that's evil that displeases the, the lord i keep on doing see there is a struggle in his life there's imperfection in, in his life however Despite of his failure and his limitation, he still found hope. Paul knew that while he is still in the flesh, he might not achieve a sinless perfection. But what is important is the progress of becoming like his Savior. Therefore, we need to embrace this path of sanctification. And for us to embrace this journey in the path of sanctification, the first thing that we must understand is that we have 
a new nature. Our union with Christ result to a new nature. Being a born-again Christian is not merely alteration of a behavior pattern or doing certain religious acts or activities that change us, but rather the core and the most important change that had happened in our life is the change of relationship. Previously, we were an enemy of God, and now we are His children. Once we were separated to Him, but now we are in union with Christ. And because of our union in Christ, we now have this new nature, hence affecting the way we live. Let's look at, look at Romans chapter 6. It says here, For we have been united with Him in a death like His. We shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin be brought to nothing, so that we will no longer be slave to sin. It is clear in this verse that we've been united with Him in death and resurrection, that we are called to follow His footsteps, that we, we too are called to crucify our sin in our life and even live a resurrected life. And the implication of this union is a new nature and new life. Therefore, this what happened this is the practical way we should live. In verse 11, it says, So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. It means you are no longer uh, living in sin, but consider yourself dead to sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says here, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is in a new, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Romans 6, 4b, it says, We too might walk in a newness of life. To walk in newness of life, it requires us to take an active participation in our sanctification process. And a few things that I would like to highlight, it first is this, we need, for us to live in newness of life, we need to put off the old self and put on the new self. And secondly, we need to uh, submit to a new master. Let me show you this picture. In this particular picture, you see a man that's putting off the old self and then putting on a new self, a new robe in his life. In this particular concept or idea that Paul uh, have written is repeated many times in his letters. He rewrote it in Ephesians, he wrote it in Romans many times, he even wrote it in Colossians that there is, a, there is a need for us to understand that we are a new nature now, that we are a new creation, that, we, that we, there is a change in us, that we have to put off our old self, take it off like that old clothes that you're wearing, put it, put it off, but put on the new self. Let me see, show you some example. In Ephesians 4, 24, it says here, first is to put off he said to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires to put on is to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of god in true righteousness and holiness romans he says here Put off, let us not sin, therefore reign your mortal body, and to make obey its passion. 
do not present your members to sin as instrument for righteousness put on but present to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instrument for righteousness in Colossians once again is repeated this idea but now you must put them all away anger wrath malice slander obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and then put on and have put on the new self in which being renewed the knowledge after the image of his creator in this text explain to us that we are called to take responsibility role a responsible role in our sanctification process that there are choices that we're gonna make is either we live in the old way the old self or the new way to put off the old self it requires for us to to crucify it to put it to death to put a stuff on things that would cause us to sin you know Jesus was I believe speaking to disciple it says if any part of your body sin if your eyes cause it to sin cut it off if your hand causes it to sin cut it off well this is a term that they the Jewish would use a hyperbole which an exaggerated statement if it means that if there's anything that would cause you to sin you have made you have to make a deliberate choice to cut it off from your life that's one way that we can Put off the old self and putting on the new self it means to walk and to follow what's godly what is right as we our mind is being renewed as our heart being changed as we follow Jesus footstep similarly in our sanctification process we also need to submit to a new master Romans 6 17 to 18 it says but, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed verse 18 and having set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness the word slaves there in Greek is tulos which means one who gives himself us give himself up to another's will the word slave means to devote to another, to disregard one's interest, but devote yourself to someone else. It is clear here, either you devote yourself to sin, your passion, your desire, or you devote yourself totally to God and live in righteousness. Let me give you an example, illustration of this. You know, some of our... Um, young adult have gone through national service and some of them became police and and as I look around you know sometimes when you go to the MRT and you see them walking around you begin to be you know you stand straight to make sure that everything is right or else they stop to you and look at you and look for your card and check on you and you know each time this picture each time a police officer will put on his uniform they're expected to live and act a certain standard. If the person is, um, is, is you know, is a person in natural self, he act um, um, reckless. Once he put on, he has to behave because he's putting on that uniform. He had to he act differently 
to people in the way he talk. Even I have a I have a brother-in-law who's a last uh, who was in the NS as a police. When he's work, when I see him and he's working uniform, the way he talk to me will be different than the way he talk to me as as my brother-in-law. You see, there's a code of conduct they need to follow. Once they put out the uniform, there are certain antics. There's some way that they should respond and code that they should follow. And the same thing in here. Once they put on the uniform, they also acknowledges that he requires to abide to the government rules. And I was searching the website, and here there is a police police force act. That's laid down by the government. If you what must you do, and if you did this and if you failed, then you get this punishment. And so on. All these things have been laid out because they put on that uniform. It's the same for all of us. We are a new creation. We have a new nature. We put off the old self. Now we put on the new self. We put on righteousness in our life. And when there are times when decision would come, when you're gonna make tough decision, for example, in front of you is a relationship, and you know it's wrong, what would you do? Would you react in the old self or in the new self? If you know who's your master, if you know who have redeemed you and love you, that therefore you will live in a new self. If you're doing a business transaction. Of you doing your um, uh, your resume, you can lie in in writing all those things. Either you react and respond in the old self, or in the new self. I think one problem many of us face is this. The reason why we fall into old ways because we have forgotten our identity, that we are called, that we already have a new life. A new nature. Remember this: we're no longer subjected to sin, but now we are subjected to righteousness. As a disciple of Christ, we are called to a newness of life, and we are we need to take an active participation in our sanctification. In our sanctification, and then we need to put off the old self and to put on the new self. We need to submit to a ma new master, no longer slave to sin. But slave to righteousness. However, there are many times that it when there are many times in reality it's tough to put off the old self, and even it's tough to submit to the new master, especially with if we've been accustomed to certain life or habits. Sometimes certain sin will keep coming back to us that would haunt us, and there are times we would struggle. There are moments that when we we fall into temptation, we'll be discouraged and disappointed, and because of that, we feel rejected, and 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 it seems that you're, we are not progressing forward, and that we are living in defeat. And there's no wonder Paul cried out this word in Romans seven twenty four. He said, "Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death?" You see, Paul recognized the struggle. Paul desperately need help. Paul knew that he cannot live victoriously by his own strength. Paul need God's intervention. Similar to Paul, we all need help. 
We all need God's divine intervention in our life so that we can put on the new self and not and also live in righteousness not in not in the old way but the beautiful th thing is this as we look in the scripture we thank the lord because god did not leave us powerless out of his grace and mercy he poured out his spirit and helped us in the path of sanctification by new by showing us the new way second point here the holy spirit dwells in us so now we live in a new way. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. So now we live a new way. Romans 7, 6 it says here, So that we serve the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The difference between the new way and the old way is simply the work of the Spirit in our life. You need the written code, which is the law, you see, the law is good. The giver of the law is good. And in the intention of the law is good so that it will help us to live in righteousness in the standard of God, of how God wants us to be set apart. However, even the law is good, we have no capability to do the law. Despite its goodness, man has no capability to fully obey the law. In our own, we have no strength and we are all weak. However, in the new way, we now have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, helping us, empowering us to pursue a life of righteousness and holiness. Romans 8.11 says here, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you clearly the text say that the holy spirit dwells in every believers it does not the holy spirit do not leave us from us once we were, uh, were converted once we are regenerated the holy spirit dwells in our life and it helps us in our spiritual progress jesus said i will ask the father to send a helper that will help us in while he's in heaven he to help us in our walk the holy spirit give us in the, the power to live a holy life in a righteous life the holy spirit give us a power to say no to sin to put to death certain area in our life that cause us to fall the holy spirit will convict us of sin that's that's entangling us that easily entangle us that cause us to fall the holy spirit will guide us and lead us Last Wednesday, Pastor Jerry shared in our prayer gathering that the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The Holy Spirit give us, guides us on the decision we're going to make. Will this be displeasing to Him or this, is this would please Him? The Holy Spirit also help us in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit also teaches us to pray. In Romans 8 26 it says likewise the Spirit help us in our weaknesses the errors in our life that we are weak the Holy Spirit will help us the same time he help us to to pray but the Spirit help in helping but the Spirit himself interceded for us with groaning too deep for work I like what JC Ryle said regarding praying and sinning 
He say here praying and sinning will never live together in the same heart. Either the prayer will consume sin or sin will choke prayer. The initial response when we are tempted is not to pray. But because the Holy Spirit in us, the first response, the conviction of the Spirit in our heart when we are being tempted is to pray and to seek His help. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth that points us in all truth to God's Word. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit points to Christ so that we can fall in love more and more with Jesus. To fall, in, to fall in love to Him. To abide in Him. In the Bible says, the more you abide in Jesus, then you will bear much fruit. The Holy Spirit would help us to please, to, to please God. Paul wrote in Galatians, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What it means this, the Spirit that dwells in us will help us in our way we live our life. Either we walk in the flesh or in the Spirit. And the beautiful thing in verse 18 is said, because you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But it means is this, you are not just bounded by the law, but all the more you do more than the law expects. You see, when Jesus came, He set the standard. He said, if you, if, you know, committing adultery is not doing the act, but even looking at someone, you already commit adultery. Now, if you're just living by the law, the reaction is this way. Tinitingnan ko lang naman eh. Wala naman masama. But if you're living in the Spirit, you know, even one look, you are sinning. You are, even one look, there's a temptation there. You see, when you are living in the Spirit, you are not bound by a boundary, bound by the rules, all the more you do more because you want to please God because you're empowered by God by the Spirit brother and sister we need to come to the Lord and say Lord empower me each day I need your spirit I need your guidance Lord pagod na pagod na ako sa trabaho naasar na ako sa aking employer hingi ng hingi ng pagkain pinapagawa pa sa akin bubble tea ang hirap na gumawa ng pearl you see you come to the Lord Lord Empower me by your spirit that I may endure, that I may have the fruit of the spirit. Brother and sister, the path of sanctification is not by our strength, but the work of God in our life. We have laid out all to put off that old self, to put new put on the new self. For us to do that, we need God to help us from inside out. Thank God we have the Spirit that will work in us. Lastly, the path of sanctification. We will have a new perspective when we see God the Father working in our life. God the Father make all things good. Therefore, we have a new perspective. Romans 8.28, he says, For we know that those who love God all things work 
together for good for those who are called according to his purpose this is one of the most quoted verse in the bible especially when we are facing challenging times because it gives us an assurance that everything will be beautiful in his time but the background of this verse is in the context of suffering if you read earlier on in verse 18 paul wrote for i consider that the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us god uses many ways to help us grow in holiness and even one way that he would use for us to grow in likeness in him he even uses a time suffering many times we associate sanctification when we are dealing with certain sin yet there are also certain areas in our life that god wants to prune so that it will bear much fruit there are moments we go through hardship in a moment of suffering let me give you an example in the moments of doubt when we don't see in there's so much uncertainty that in front of us god is teaching us to have faith in him to have faith and to trust in his word in a moment of suffering when you are frustrated it seems that there's a storm in your life god is teaching us that he can calm the storm that we can have peace in him in a moment of suffering there are times we'll be broken and what can we learn from that god is teaching us what it meant to be healed and to find our wholeness in him in a moment of suffering when we are waiting for an answer when we are waiting for our to be with our loved ones when we are waiting for the sacred breaker to stop god is teaching us to wait patiently to have patience in him in a moment of suffering when we are lacking financially emotionally we we god is teaching us to trust in the lord in a moment of suffering that we are facing hardship nahihirapan tayo sa trabaho sa mga sitwasyon sa ating mga pamilya god is teaching us to depend on him and to hold on him to cry on him in a moment of suffering that there's so much confusion and decision making god is teaching us to seek his wisdom and his guidance in a moment of suffering god also changes us our perspective and our view god is teaching us instead of looking earthward but heavenward now the same time in a moment of suffering god is teaching us that everything here is temporary to value what's eternal and to anticipate with gladness the blessed hope when we view suffering as part of our sanctification process it gives us a new perspective on the journey we are taking you know the graph that i showed you the sanctification process is a straight line wayne grudem showed it this way in his book it fluctuate their time is down but if you look at it it keeps on moving up you know in our life we will be disappointed and we will suffer there are times that god i remember when i desired to be an investment banking and so on it's not it did not happen to my life 
God did not give the dream that I want. But what I gain more is knowing Him and knowing my treasure is Him. When I was in Simatome in my old job, I have a hard boss. But God taught me to love Him and to pray for Him. When God, have last few months when I was in the hospital, waiting for mom to pass away, God taught me that He's in control. Those are moments that we grow to be more like Christ. I don't know what you're going through, but remember that in the perspective that God at times you suffering in our sanctification, it gives us a new perspective. As we journey in the path of sanctification, I will conclude because of our union with Christ, we have a new nature. And because we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in our life, we live a new way. And because God the Father work in our life and make all things good, we have a new perspective. To conclude, in relation to COVID-19, we read and watch people react differently. Some react in frustration. Kaya nagagalit sila sa mga Facebook posting nila. Some react in desperation. Some react in hopelessness to the point na hindi nila alam ang mga sinasabi nila. Pwede bang lumabas? O hindi pwedeng lumabas? Basta ayusin mo ang law ng classroom mo. You know, you, you become, you don't know. In the moment of this, this time, God can use this for a greater purpose. It's an opportunity for us to grow in sanctification, to be more like Him. But what would motivate us to endure and to continue on in this path of sanctification? What would motivate us to let go and to cut off certain sin in our life? What would motivate us to hope in the midst of suffering? What motivates us to walk in the path of sanctification in confidence? You know, well, I would like to conclude with this simple truth. What would motivate us to cut certain sin? What motivates us to hope in the midst of suffering? What would motivate us to have that confidence that everything will be good? Is this. It is love. That's why in Romans 8 verse 37, in, in all these things, in our failure, in our suffering, we are more than conqueror through Him who loves us. Because of His love for us, we respond in loving Him by cutting off certain sin. Because of His love for us, we know that we can have, we have that hope in the midst of suffering. Because of His love for each one of us, we have that confidence in this path of sanctification. We have that blessed hope and everything will be good in this time. Verse 38, it says, For I am sure neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us of the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord what keep us walking with peace and joy 
with strength and confidence in this path of sanctification because of his great love let us pray Lord thank you at times life is tough at times we struggle with certain sin but we thank you for reminding us Lord that we have a new nature you call us to put off our new self but then to put on a new self that we have a new master that we are no longer slave of sin but the slave of righteousness but we cannot do it by ourselves and out of your mercy and love you pour out your spirit to dwell in our life so that we can overcome our weaknesses to empower us to live a life that would place us you but at the same time Lord we thank you that our life story is in your hand in this path Lord everything works together for good in those who love you and call you in your purpose we have that confidence in you salamat panginoon before i pray and uh, for a closing prayer and benediction invite of us to simply so sing this simple hymn let's sing together steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning new every morning great is thy faithfulness O Lord great is thy faithfulness the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning new every morning great is thy faithfulness O Lord great is thy faithfulness let us receive the benediction for I am sure neither death or life no angels no rulers no things present nor things to come no powers no height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord Lord we thank you for this new day that you have given us as we face this brand new week as we come back some of us will be going back to our own work to our own offices with the ceasing of circuit breaker I pray Lord for your protection to all of us O oh God keep us safe Lord and I pray Lord for your Holy Spirit to empower us and may your word each time we open your word be alive encouraging us each day Salamat po Panginoon that we can face this brand new week with you. We give you all our, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for joining us this, uh, this day. And we pray that you've been blessed. And see you soon next week. And we also would like to invite you to join us in our online prayer gathering every Wednesday at 9 p.m. God bless everyone. See you soon.